George Clancy, what a pleasure to speak with you. How are you doing? Not too bad at all, no. Paul, and yourself? I'm doing fine. A recently retired international rugby referee, but I'm also told uh, a former Limerick minor hurler, am I correct? That's right, yeah. Back, back in the day, I did a little bit underage hurling for Limerick, all right. My, uh, my claim to fame is that I managed to mark Dan Shannon one day inside the Gaelic grounds for, uh, for uh, a Limerick against the Water underage game. Brilliant, great stuff, wow. And, and you played for a few years, uh, a good few years with Bruff as well, yeah? I did, yeah. I was actually part of the, the UL Freshers Hurling team when I went into college. And then after that, I hurled with Bruff. Uh, we, were, we, we reached the quarterfinal of the county championship there in the late 90s. I was on that team. And then we said the rugby referee took off around that time as well with me. So I kind of had to prioritise one over the other. And uh, yeah, that was one of the big sacrifices I had to make when I took up refereeing was that not to be playing hurling anymore. Yeah, what a wonderful career you had with rugby, though. And we were all always very proud of you. Uh, today we're speaking about the upcoming um, uh, event that Limerick GA and Limerick City and County Council are hosting together. Uh, to, to remember the event of the curfew murders or often called the murdered mayors uh, where George Clancy, Michael O'Callaghan and Joseph O'Donoghue were, were uh, murdered on the 7th of March 1921. And of course, George Clancy was your great grand uncle. Um, were you aware when you were growing up of, of the historical significance of the name George Clancy and uh, your great grand uncle's place in history? Very much so, yeah. The, the name George has been in the Clancy family for about seven generations now. So I suppose it's an unusual enough name maybe in, in our parts. And um, I've been made aware from a very young age, the connection to George, uh, the murdered mayor. Um, he was a Grange man himself, uh, lived quite close to where I was brought up. So naturally enough, he would have been a big presence in our, in our lives, in our history as we were, as we were coming up along. Family, George, uh, would you have reflected on those events of the Limerick curfew murders much? Did it did it have a presence in your lives? I would have for sure. Um, we'd naturally been very proud of uh, the murder of Mayor George Fancy, and I suppose it kind of kept us going in school projects there for years. Uh, but I actually took it a step further when I went to when I went to university. I did my 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 thesis on George Fancy, and that gave me an opportunity to research it a little bit more and, and, and dig a little deeper. Um, and one of the surprising things for me is whatever about the knowledge that we'd have in our family, uh, the story of the murder mayors of Limerick didn't seem to have a huge traction nationwide, say in comparison to the, to the, uh, the mayors of Cork that died around the same time. I mean, that's, not that that's a competition or anything like that, you know, but it was just interesting to see the contrast as to how, how it was publicised. Yeah, you, you're, you're right. Um, it hasn't really had the same national prominence and why it's difficult to know. Um, your great granduncle was an ardent participant in the national movement and while uh, and, and what is now UCD, he, he, while he was there, he was great friends with, with Michael Cusack, the founder of the GA, and indeed a great friend of James Joyce. Um, outside of his political activism, 
Uh, what do you know about your great granduncle? Yeah, well, it seems to me that he lived the life of a, an Irish nationalist, and most of the things that he was involved in could be traced back to the nationalist movement, if you will. I mean, he had a great interest in Irish, for example. He was involved in Conor Aguilga. Um, he was involved in the GA himself. Um, and, you know, he helped to uh, establish what became the precursor of the Irish Boy Scouts, uh, Fianna Aaron. So, you know, everything he, do, he did, he, he lived that life, you know, and I'm sure it would have been a very exciting time in Irish history to be involved in things like that, as, as a lot of these organisations were getting off the ground and, and he was in there at the ground floor. But, you know, as a person from, from what I've read and researched, like he seemed to be a, a very good reader himself and he had a great interest in international and domestic affairs. Um, you know, he, he was the, the, the character um, uh, in some of Joyce's books. Um, so I was kind of able to read Joyce's books myself and kind of see what kind of, of, of a man does George Fancy come across in, in, those, um, in those passages. And, you know, he's, he's an Irish nationalist in that as well. He's, he kind of plays the part of, uh, of the, 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 the peasant Irishman, if you like. And I don't mean that in a, in a disparaging way because I know Joyce a great time for George Fancy, and George Fancy himself was one of the few people who called Joyce by his first name, which was unusual, really, um, by all accounts at the time. So, you know, they, they did have a very strong French friendship. Um, and I know he, he, you know, he was seen as a, a good leader, and he was seen as, as having a sense of humour. And there's some stories uh, about himself and Joyce having having a bit of crack in UCD at that time as well. Um, and I know he liked to travel out to Grange, you know, and that, that doesn't surprise me. It's a very picturesque part of the world, and I'm sure when he ever did, whenever he did travel out to Grange, he was appreciating the natural beauty, and, and that would have helped to recharge his batteries. He married Molly Killeen from Limerick City in 1915, uh, who was a national school teacher and, and, and indeed was the school principal in St. Patrick's National School. Uh, Molly Killeen then became Molly, Molly Clancy, even after uh, George died, became a, quite a formidable uh, lady herself. She did indeed, yeah. Um, I, I, I suppose, to, to be honest with you, Paula, I, I haven't really researched her history yeah. mostly beyond that because I know she moved, <laughs> she moved away on to, up to Dublin, um, but I, I, I know that. You know, she had a big part to play in in compiling the report, obviously, into the murders. You can you can feel her strong voice coming through those detailed reports. She was one that had a lot to say, and as you said, she was a very formidable person herself. No, she was uh, very close uh, to Eamon de Valera as his uh, political career advanced as well through the, the 50s and 60s. Um, maybe you listened to stories down through the years from the family, George, what is your own understanding then of of what happened just from from your own discussions and your own deliberations as a family and the current generations? What are your own understanding of what actually happened on the tragic night itself when George Clancy was murdered? Yeah, well, I suppose the, the, the narrative that we were always told down through the years was that uh, you know he was killed by Crown forces, that it was a, a hit squad led by a man named George Nathan uh, that was sent out to, to kill uh, the, the mayors of Limerick that night. And in addition to that, of course, um, I don't know. So um, I've, I've nothing to, to, to dispute that narrative that came down through, um, you know, that, that I've read. 
at the reports of both wives of the mayors. Um, yeah, I, I know there's been some speculation in more recent times as to, you know, what what may have happened and, you know, um, were there Irish gunmen involved? But I, again, I have absolutely no evidence to, to support that and, and it would seem fanciful to me. Uh, there was a recent report actually in the Sunday Independent on February the 7th and again, I, I find nothing in there to disagree with that with that report. As I said to you, Paul, before, I, I just don't have any evidence of that. And, you know, th that's a narrative probably that might have suited Crown Forces a little bit more to push. But uh, again, it's, it's something that, uh, that that we we wouldn't really accept. Uh, well, I wouldn't accept that narrative anyway. And that's from somebody I've been to Kew Gardens or to to queue myself to the public office um, uh, that, that keeps those records. Many of them are still not available to the public and maybe they will be in the next number of months when the 100 years is up. But I've, I've heard nothing along those lines uh, to, uh, to, to say that, that, that that's a correct um, account of what happened on that night. When you stand on Clancy Strand, it must mean an awful lot to you, George. It does. Yeah, it does for sure. Every, every time you walk up there, um, you'd be casting your mind back to... To the events of what happened on that particular night um it's it's nice that his name is honored in that way i, I work in limerick city i have an office that overlooks that part of limerick city so it, it's something that you always be looking at, looking across that uh, it will always be you know a, a presence and, and something that you'll be remembering um as you go along and finally george as we approach the centenary of the murdered mayors um how do you and, and your generation of the family feel and reflect on the life and the life that might have been uh, of George Clancy? Yeah, it's it's awful to reflect on, on the whole thing, to be honest with you. You know, it's awful to reflect on what happened that night, you know, the sheer brutality of it. You know, I'm about the same age now as George Clancy was then, so to put myself in his shoes and to think that somebody could come in the middle of the night and just end your life is just awful, awful to contemplate. Um, I suppose we reflect on, you know, what might have been. You know, he was still a young enough man. He was only, you know, he might have gone on to, uh, to represent Limerick in the Dáil. He was very well connected with people who loom large in Irish history. He was very well connected with, with De Valera and uh, other people like that. So it's, you know, it, it would have been, you know, maybe there was a last there. There was a last to, to what he might have done um, and, and contributed to in, in the future. Um, we're obviously proud of the man he was and, you know, we're proud, proud to carry on his name in, in our branch of the, of the Clancy family. I, I know there's other branches out there as well that are equally... Uh, equally proud of him, um, you know. But it's it's a, it's a hundred years ago now, and you know I, I, I reflect on the fact that you know I, I got to, to to meet the Queen of England back in 2015 when I was there, as part of the the World Cup uh, squad of referees, and I you know contemplated should should I even go, um, you know. But I suppose things things move on. It is a hundred years. We, we remember what's happened. We're always mindful of that, but we can always. And uh, build better relations with, with our neighbours um, in the future. George, it's been a great pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure, lads. Thank you.